Introducing the Champion, podcasting out of the red corner. This man is a mixed martial artist. He stands five feet eight inches tall, weighing in at 245 pounds, fighting out of cool down Connecticut, presenting the host of Cool Down with AC and the reigning, defending, podcasting, heavyweight champion of the world, Anthony AC Coppola! What's up? What's up? Cool down with AC, baby. I'm back. It's been a long, long time. Three months, four months, whatever it's been since uh, we've done a show with anybody. You know, I wanted to come back. I wanted to come back with the boys, Hollywood Jeff Edwards, Mr. White House, kind of where we've been, what have we been doing, what do we think about the world of pro wrestling right now and all that fun stuff and um you know just everybody's just super busy just hard to link up on the same nights and you know and i you know the the state of pro wrestling i think has a lot to do with it um but for some reason i was sitting there watching tonight aw fighter fest and i just decided that i'm going to turn the microphone on and talk for, you know, 30 or 40 minutes, whatever it ends up being. Uh, Those of you who know me know that I can be long-winded, so maybe longer. But I think 30 or 40 minutes will probably cover it. Um, And, yeah, it's just good to to get back on the air. It's good to talk to you guys. It's been a while. Hopefully hopefully we have some fans left after all that, Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to do some stuff more consistently. Um, 
I promise to make the effort, uh, but there is a lot going on, and let's be honest, uh, I love the listeners, I love doing the show, but in the grand scheme of life, (laughs) pro wrestling is the most important thing in my life right now, Um, and, you know, on these airwaves, uh, you know, Cool Truth Podcast Productions, and of course, Retro Mania Wrestling Podcast Network which we love being on, uh, and again, we wish we were doing more for, but, um, you know, it's a pro wrestling network, you got to do pro wrestling shows, uh, that's, you know, obviously what you guys are here to listen to, um, and uh, when we do do shows on the network, obviously we'll give you that, I have been toying with the idea of uh, delving into some other things. Sometimes that goes well, sometimes it doesn't, so we'll see what happens. But as far as tonight goes, uh, I want to talk some Fighter Fest and some AEW, and I'm sure some other things will come out um, in the process. Um, and just my overall thoughts were where AEW is at right now. Um, it's Jekyll and Hyde. It's like we always talk about. It's You know, we used to say we don't know who's booking the show week to week and like it's almost like they have different people or different people run the show and you know shows feel differently and they flow differently and they're paced differently and you know there's things coming out about you know guys in the locker room watching basketball and you know singing and dancing and karaoke and you know fucking screwing off in the back room and not really watching the show or getting a feel for what's going on and you know what i i tend to believe that just based on what we see for the most part am i going to sit here for the next half hour 40 minutes to take a full crap in aw no i'm not uh and i think part of the reason why we haven't done many shows leading up to this is i think there was a lot of situations where it just felt like it was getting to be that every week i sense that about us, about our our group here, the Cool Truth, you know, group, Blading for Truth, Hollywood Jeff Edwards, White House to an extent, we've had Joe White on, DJ Stames back in the day, other people. I just think we talk about wrestling. It, there's a point where we're kind of excited about it and we start doing a lot of shows and we're enjoying it. And then it becomes a point where it becomes a a chore to even watch it at times and you know now the way things are and i think that you we get into this point where the shows start to be repetitive where we feel like we're repeating ourselves and repeating the same things and everything else and i don't know if that's the greatest thing for the listener either because i think when we're having fun and talking about pro wrestling and talking about what's going on and are really engaged in it whether we like or dislike what's going on when we're super engaged in it just makes for a better show, makes for a better list, a better experience for the listeners and the fans. And, I, I mean, that's really the case with the shows as well. Um, but they almost dictate, it's crazy because these shows almost dictate what we do as a podcast because we can only react to what we're seeing, what we're watching, what we're looking for. And, I mean, I got to be honest, I'm going to be totally fair. Tonight, Fighter Fest wasn't the worst AEW show in the world. Um, am I doing cartwheels? Am I am I going to do one of these AEW? They're going to take over now. No, I'm not going to do that. First of all, I'm too smart to do that. Not to toot my own horn. Because I just know how this shit works. And second of all, they could fall on their face next week. Because we all know this happens all the time. 
but I thought they put on a decent show tonight. Tonight felt like what we were seeing pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, pre, you know, shut the world down for a cold bullshit. Um, <laughs> we're not going to get into that. Anyway, uh, you know, it just felt like that. It just one of those shows where it, we, yeah, it wasn't the greatest show, but it flowed a little bit, had a little bit of entertainment, liked some stuff, didn't like some stuff, but you got a, you know, a two hour quality wrestling show that you could get into. Um, and honestly, I was surprised because, you know, I go into the show now thinking I'm not going to like it. So I think it says something when I kind of like it <laughs> to an extent. I mean, I, I would, I'm going to get into certain things and, you know, kind of break them down as how I'm feeling about it. And we'll just start right from the beginning here. And, I, you know, I'm going <laughs> to I got to bring it up. You know, JR, it's Wednesday. It just it means Wednesday night. It's a it's twelve twenty two Wednesday night. You, know, it almost reminded me as I was thinking about it of like Hogan from WrestleMania thirty when he's standing in the middle of the ring and he's like we're Silverdome and he's at the Superdome. Yeah, the whole thing. It was hilarious. And this is like this is Jr. Now like he's he's calling it WWE. He's calling it Tuesday night when it's Wednesday night and. The, the commentary is just fucking terrible on AEW. I'm sorry. Um, it just really is. Uh, they they always got to add somebody. You know, Don Callis has to be on every time one of his guys is fighting. Same with Taz. You know, the whole thing. I, I, I you know, honestly, I thought Shivani and Jericho, you know, back in the QT Marshall gym days of the pandemic in the lockdowns <laughs> was probably the best commentary you've got in AEW. Over the long haul. I really do. I, I honestly feel that way. Uh, but, you know, listen, I take, I've take i taken shots at JR on this show many times. I, it, nothing's changed. We all know where it's at. I, I could sit here for 10 minutes and, you know, bring up things. And we all, we're all listening. We all know uh, his style doesn't fit AEW, in my opinion. Um, his knowledge of what a lot of these guys are and where they came from and this style of wrestling, whatever the hell the style is that AEW is doing, because they, from match to match, week to week, minute to minute, who the hell knows anyway, which is probably a defensive JR at this point. But this is just not the right company for JR. Um, Shivani's a little bit different. He lays back. He kind of just lets it flow. Um, he jumps in when he feels like he needs to. He doesn't when he doesn't need to. I don't think Excalibur and JR being together, I, I don't... I. I, I don't really like Excalibur, number one. I think him and JR together is a bad mix. Uh, so it's just it's just not a great listen all the way around. Now, to be fair, most shows have bad commentary now. Not even just pro wrestling. I mean, you could go down sports altogether. Uh, you know, the UFC is hitting a fucking home run with... With John Anik, Joe Rogan, and um, and DC Daniel Cormier, I mean it's just fantastic. And then even when they have Felder and and uh, Bisbing, I mean, so many you know the UFC they're on another level in a lot of ways. But yeah, that's a story for another day. We'll get it. We'll. I really do want to get back into doing the MMA, and we're going to do that. But tonight's night, tonight's not the night. But anyway, Fighter Fest. So now that we established it was on Wednesday night, not Tuesday night, we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't help myself sometimes. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we open the show with a New Japan title match. Now, I didn't go back and listen. So 
you can knock me on Twitter or wherever else if if I'm speaking out of line here. And I know JR, to his credit, later in the show brought up the fact that this is a 10-count match, not like before when New Japan rules. Did anybody actually mention that it was New Japan rules? Because I actually texted a bunch of my friends and nobody called me out on it. And I said, why is this not being billed as a New Japan title match? fought under New Japan rules with maybe a New Japan announcer or a fucking bellkeeper or a judge. (laughs) Could somebody from New Japan show up? Rocky Romero, where you at, bro? Like, could someone from New Japan show up while they're defending, while Moxley's defending the IWGP United States title on Dynamite to open the show? A title he never defends, by the way. I mean, never defends it. Let's be honest. Okay, dude, he's had the title. This guy's had two title runs, right? And defended his title maybe three times already. In the two runs, because he didn't even lose it the first time. It was stripped from him. <laughs> I mean, the guy never defends the title. I mean, why does he have... That's a story for New Japan. So they have this New Japan title match. I don't recall Justin Roberts saying it was being fought or wrestled under New Japan rules. Maybe it was. Maybe there was a spot in the match where it was brought up and I missed it. it completely possible. But for the most part, it didn't really give you an idea that this was a New Japan title match under New Japan rules. Because they did nothing to make it about New Japan. That's 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 my knock on the match. I kind of liked the match early on. I thought it lost its luster a little bit halfway through. I was actually excited about this match. I thought it was a good mix with with Machine Gun Carl Anderson and Moxley. I I actually thought we'd get more out of this match. I did not expect it to open the show either. I didn't expect it to close the show. Um, The Coffin match had to close the show. It did, so you're good there. Uh, But, you know, decent match. Nothing to write home about. Uh, not enough New Japan title defense and Moxley defense. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to tell you. <laughs> that that's what we got out of this. Is okay. So we have this match. Um, and if I skip a few segments, just because I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go over every little thing that happened on the show. You know, mostly the main stuff here. Um, what the. F- freak here sorry guys i took notes here and for some reason they're like uh barely barely loading up and it's ruining my whole life right now hang tight hang tight we'll get there we'll get there i promise if i don't do it this way and go through if i don't do it this way and go through my notes i'll end up missing things that I want to get to anyway uh, moving on from there uh, you have <clears throat> you have the FTW title match <laughs> and I texted I actually texted Hollywood Edwards this um, at some point during the show and I was like they had two title matches that weren't title matches but they were title matches <laughs> Because let's be honest, the, the IWGP United States title is a New Japan title. It's not a recognized AEW title. And the FTR 
belt was never really won by anyone. Taz just decided to put it around the waist of Brian Cage. And now decided that he was going to defend it against his supposed teammate, Ricky Starks. So you have Ricky, Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. And, and it's funny because uh, one of the sites that I was following along, which was kind of breaking down the show, actually put a C next to Brian Cage's name. Like, I'm like... I, you, if any other fight, any other fight he had, you wouldn't have seen that. So this is just this is kind of a made up thing, but it's a title match. Uh, it did serve a purpose, though. Um, the one thing I don't think they expected, which they're getting now, is Ricky Starks is super over. It was evident watching this match that Ricky Starks was the guy that the crowd wanted to see, um, was the guy they were into. And I'm a big Brian Cage fan, but you could sense that watching this match. Um, and I'm not really that surprised by that, given the fact that Ricky Starks's look, style, um, kind of fit AEW and what we perceive it to be. Uh, and he could talk, and Brian Cage can't. And in this day in wrestling, if you could talk and you're working a guy who can't, a lot of times you're almost over by default, especially when you can go in the ring and. Obviously, we know that Ricky Starks go in the ring. And he, we haven't seen Ricky Starks in a while. Um, it was obviously a crowd that knew him. Um, and it was a good match. Uh, they gave you a little bit of swerve where Ricky went for the FTW belt to hit Cage with it. And Hobbs stopped him. Only later to have um, Hook the, you know, distract the ref and have Hobbs... Crack Cage over the head with with the title, which was a nice little swerve, but I don't think anybody was buying the fact that Brian Cage was clearly the outsider uh, here. Uh, I know at times they tried to sell it as maybe Starks was the outsider. I never got the sense that was the way they were going. But I'll say this: if you're if you're AEW, if you're Tony Khan, Booker of the Year, you know the guy that sees all and knows all. If you saw what went on tonight with Ricky Starks, don't you have to ride that wave? Don't you have to ride that wave? Don't you have to let that natural reaction... Shouldn't you react to that natural reaction? I mean, most of the time they're booking week to week anyway. So how hard would it to be... How hard is it... How hard would it be to... Get Ricky Starks more in the mix here very quickly. I don't think it'd be that hard. Maybe maybe you don't do it next week, Fighter Fest week two. We get it. Um, that's probably all set up. You have the matches. Ba-da-da-da. Maybe you give Ricky Starks a promo next week just to keep it relevant. And then you, you move on from there. But, I mean, there's something to strike it when the iron's hot. And he, that iron was smoking. And he's not the only one, but that iron was smoking tonight. So... Ricky Starks becomes FTW champion. Uh, Brian Cage is the odd man looking out on Team Taz, which we kind of all sensed was coming. And if you said to me, AC, Daddy Cool, where does Brian Cage go from here? I got to tell you, I don't have an answer. I really don't. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the problem in pro wrestling these days. Coming out of things like this, we really don't have an answer. My guess would be he's going to fight Team Taz 
moving down the line here, he's going to continue to fight Team Taz. Uh, if they don't do that, he really has nothing to do. So that's the most logical thing for him to do. But at the same time, maybe you want to do a little bit more Ricky Starks. And here's the problem. Ricky Starks got over. If in this story, the way I'm viewing it, to me, Brian Cage should be the baby. I'm not so sure that's the case, though. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do from here on out. With, with you know, maybe you just move on and, you know, let Cage fight Hobbs. Uh, which I don't think is great guy right now, but you, you might have to do something with the hot hand here in Ricky Starks. And maybe you validate the FTW title. Maybe it's validated and defended on the new show. Uh, I can't even remember the name of it right now. Whatever the fuck the name of the new show is on TBS coming up. Maybe that's the title you defend on that show. Sounds like they're not going away from the TNT title. I mean, they change the color of the belt every week. They might as well just change it to the TBS title, but apparently they're not. Either way, you're going to have to have a, probably have another title, adding the other show with an extra hour. I'm not into the trios titles. We all know that. So maybe the FTW title is the way to go. And maybe you get a more hardcore sense with it or something. Although there's so many matches that are no holds barred, no rules, or just wrestled in that way, even though they're not no holds barred or no rules matches in AEW. I don't know how you have a, a hardcore title, but uh, we'll see how that all plays out. But anyway, um, again, I think the biggest thing you take out of this is Ricky Starks. I really do. Uh Following this, we get Cody walking over to the announcer's booth, putting on the headset, and he starts cutting a promo on Malaki Black, or however the fuck you pronounce it, who's um Why can't I I always do this. I'm fucking guys, you know me. I'm terrible at names. <laughs> I almost call him Tyler Bateman, which is way off. Either way, oh, Tommy End. Sorry. There it goes. It's in my mind. I got it. Tommy End. So, Malagi Black <laughs> is he's supposed to be his name in AEW. So, Cody cuts this, you know, promo at the headset and said, I'm too fired up to do this. Get me a microphone. I'm going to the ring. And then Shivani goes, Well, he's just taking over the show. And then Jared's like, That's all right. And it's like, Okay. I don't get it. Uh, I, <laughs> Shivani mad at Cody. Weird. And then, you know, JR defends everybody. So there you go. But anyway, so he gets in the ring, has the microphone, and he actually calls him Tommy and Malaki Black. Why? I don't why Why call him by both names? I just, That was weird to me. So then we get a on the screen. I'm just going to call him Malaki Black. We'll go with that for now and see how it plays out. Malaki Black cutting a little bit of a promo. Uh, I got to say, I, 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 he first started talking and I was like, can this guy cut a promo? And then I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that great, but I didn't think it was that bad either. 
And then they went to the, you know, turn off the lights. He shows up in the ring. Him and Cody keep fighting. They split him up, the whole thing. Um, and I, I guess they're going with Malaki back and Cody Rhodes here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. It really will because... <sighs> I could see from both sides where, you know, Cody really hasn't done a lot of big stuff since um, Brody Lee. Since he dropped the title to Darby. I was talking about this. I was talking to a friends about this the other day. You know, Cody had a ball of fire with Dustin, which was an unbelievable match. Unbelievable storytelling. Um, they told the story leading up to it. You could even go, maybe even go back as far as, uh, you know, go back as far as all, all in, um, where he wrestled Aldis, which I thought was a great story. And he beat Aldis for the title, ultimately dropping back to him, which was okay. Um, but he had a great story there. You had a great story with Dustin. I thought his stuff with MJF was spectacular. Um, even the stuff with Jericho, uh, other than the fact he can't wrestle for the title, which is fucking ridiculous to this day. Um, you know, MJF thrown in the towel. You just had a lot going on there. Then you get, you know, you know, obviously we end up getting into COVID times. We get into the TNT title tournament. Um, he ultimately wins the title in the tournament. Um, Uh, taking out Lance Archer. Again, my mind goes blank. Um, he takes out Lance Archer. He wins the title. We get into the Brody stuff. Brody with the squash match, which is phenomenal. Cody comes back, uh, wins the title back from him. Doesn't carry it that long and went and loses it to Darby. And since then, it just seems like Cody's been like, I don't know, you know, nothing against QT Marshall and he's fighting, you know, a go-go and all these guys. And, you know, it's just, he's too good. He's just, he, he's not a, he, he, <laughs> I hear people say this all the time and it's true. Cody got the hell out of WWE because he was stuck being a fucking mid-carder and booked himself as a mid-carder in his, basically his own wrestling company or having enough influence that he could probably do every, whatever he wants in his company and booking himself as a mid-carder. So now you have this Malaki Black thing where he's coming in against Cody, which is a big spot for him. You a big spot for him to come in to because it's Cody, right? But if Cody beats him, what does that mean for him? And if Cody loses, what does that mean for Cody? Now the program could be really good. We'll have to let it play out. I don't want to pan it before we see it. It just doesn't seem like. I don't know if this is the way to go about. We see this all the. T- this is my problem. We see this all the time with AEW, whether it's Lance Archer, whether it's Brian Cage. They did Miro's been a little bit different, so I'm not going to put him in the same category. They kind of slow burned Miro by putting him in that weird fucking, you know, stuff with Trent with um with uh, Chucky e. T. 
and Kip Sabian and the whole thing, uh, and then finally got him to a title shot, and now he's a monster and, you know, hasn't wrestled on TV in, like, a month. But, you know, he, but he at least got a promo this week. Uh, anyway, <laughs> at least they've done a little better with him. But my point being is, and, and this kind of happened with Brody, too, until he fought Cody, where he came in, got a title shot, lost, and it's like, here we go. And I kind of feel like it's here we go again with Malachi Black where you really want to hit the ground running. And I get it's a big spot for him to do that to Cody and Arn and the whole thing. But where do we go? There's no, there doesn't seem to be a lot of foresight from where do we go from here. And honestly, Cody's character needs this win. Okay, he, he defeated QT Marshall. He, he moved on from that program. Now he's moving into this. He needs something. That character needs something big. It hasn't had anything big for a long time. So now he has something big. But to the expense of what? And that's the reason why I question it. But we got to let it play out here. Uh, uh, We get a spot in the back. um, with, uh, With Tully. And Santana and Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz pretend to hit him with a... uh, well, they they hit, they hit him or pretend to hit him with a fake tire iron, uh, and says, "Bring your boys, and I'm gonna bring my boys." Okay, I, you know they're keeping that story relevant. Um, can we get can we get some good matches between LAX and FTR, please? I mean, I, they, these teams have been feuding for how long right now? The Pinnacle and 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 uh, the Inner Circle have been feuding for how long now? And we haven't had a, and, and, and maybe maybe I'm just my I, I had co- I, I I feel like I have COVID memory. It's a long story. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But if you've heard about this COVID memory loss thing, I feel like I have it. So maybe maybe my memory is not well. But how do you not have two of the best tag teams in the world, FTR LAX, two of the best tag teams in your company? One might say the two best. One might say that. And they haven't had a singles match or a tag team match versus each other in this whole story yet. <clears throat> you be the judge. All right. So moving on from there, um, Tony Schiavone inter- introduces um, Hangman Page, and we knew this was going to happen. We knew we were going to hear from Page. Uh, the challenge was laid out to Omega. Um, the Dark Order is involved here, saying Hangman deserves the title shot. They kind of facilitated this, uh, so the Dark Order is involved. Um, and then you get the entire elite comes out, except for uh, Carl Anderson, and they're passing around the microphone. Um, and and Callis doesn't say much that needs to be repeated. Um, neither does Nick Jackson, who's fucking terrible at promo. I mean, Nick Jackson, stop talking, please. I, I've never heard Nick Jackson cut a good promo. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, listen, it's hard for me to knock the Bucks, but I have to because they're just fucking terrible on AEW. But Nick Jackson should never cut a promo. He just, just don't... Now I know why Matt's been cutting the promos all these years, because he's fucking terrible. And he hands it to Gallows, which wasn't, which he wasn't even much better, to be honest. Cowboy Down. Hoo-hoo. Real original. Where'd you learn that one? A, a, a WWE promo school? Jeez. 
I know I'm being a hater right now, aren't I? But whatever. Fuck it. It was terrible. I got to say it. But then Matt grabs the microphone with his goofy fucking outfit and says, I'm going to go in the ring face to face with this guy. And as he's walking to the ring, every part of my being was like, address the fact that you used to be the elite together. Please. We've been waiting a fucking year for this. Get in the ring and make us know why. You are no longer friends. Please. And Matt pretty much did it. He wasn't great at it. It could have been better. The delivery wasn't perfect. But he went in. You went alone. And then you chose the Dark Order over us. Which I don't necessarily think is true. They kind of... You know, the the elite, especially Omega, but the elite kind of abandoned Hangman as much as he left them for the Dark Order. But by Jackson saying that, you know, you left us for the Dark It gives, it's an explanation, finally. So they do that. Then the fighting starts. The Dark Order comes out. Omega, now Omega's on the microphone. And, you know, there's things that happen here. I'm not going to get into every little detail. But Omega grabs the microphone, and here we go again. I like it. Omega starts addressing Hangman in a way, you know, or rewind. Before I get there, Hangman laid out the challenge. Do you accept the fight? Da 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 da. So they get to the point where basically. <laughs> They're setting up a five-on-five match. Omega says, you're five versus my five. And an elimination match. And Hangman says, cool, we'll take the match, but if we win, I get a title shot against you, and they get a title shot against them, meaning the Bucks for the tag team titles. And then Elite circles up, blah, blah, blah. Now Omega gets in the ring. So I don't know why my mic just jumped. Sorry. Omega gets in the ring. He starts addressing Hangman. And he starts saying to him, you know, this you take you take these matches. You're the one who's afraid of failure. Blah, blah, blah. So he's now starting to delve into what broke them up, what made them think Hangman was a, you know, a crying little girl, which he was for a while, the whole thing. Um, I don't remember all the words he used, but he, he at least addressed it finally. So I'm going to give kudos there. The delivery on all this was kind of broken up, but they got somewhere with this. It was pretty good. And they got the, you got to the point now where Hangman, if he wins... They get the, or they win, they get the title. He gets the title shot. They get the tag team title shots. But if the elite wins, they don't get no more shots against them. This is typical AEW. <laughs> the stakes. They're, they're raising the stakes here a little bit. Had they not done this a million times, it would have been better. But the overall idea of the match, and Hollywood Edwards brought this up to me, so I'm, I'm not going to take credit for it. He's like, at least they finally are doing an elimination-style match because we've been screaming this for this a long time. And he said, at least it's something different. Kudos to him because he's 100% right. At least it's something different. They got somewhere with this. The other thing they accomplished here 
which I really wanted them to accomplish is I didn't want a rush to title shot for Hangman. I think a slow burn is warranted here, especially if he's going to win. Because when when and if he wins it, it needs to happen somewhere. If it's not going to happen and it's not going to be huge, I mean, what are we doing this for anyway? Right now, you could make the case very strongly that Hangman Page is the most over guy in the company. So he is now facing the heel champion at some point. My fear was they're going to, oh, yep, you got your title shot. I even thought they're going to do something goofy like, we'll make it a tag match, you know. Me and Nakazawa versus you and John Silver, you know what I mean? Or me and Nakazawa versus you and Negative One. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. It's AEW, you know, Booker of the Year, Con, the whole thing. Do you know? Do you know? Not to get off the subject. Do you know they're coming out with a mobile video game? It's like AEW. You be the Booker. I call it. You be the Con. Because they they literally are promoting this as you could be. Here's the one thing about that though. Tony Khan is, he's a young guy, right? Like, I don't even know how old he is. He's probably in his 30s. He looks like he's in his 30s. A young guy, you know, a soccer team, a football team, probably the fucking biggest yacht you ever had. Do you ever see Tony Khan with hot women? Like, why would Tony Khan? No, I'm being, I'm being serious here. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. Like, because I just, this is from my perspective of pros and cons of why you would or would not want to be Khan. Like, money I want to be con. Own a wrestling company? You know what? I want to be con because it'd be pretty co- fucking cool to own a wrestling company. Would it be cool to own a National League football team? A National League, <laughs> National Football League team? Nothing against soccer is just not my thing. But, you know, you got all this money and you're Tony Khan and you're like, wouldn't you show up to the press conference like with a hot chick every now and then? Or at least be like, could you be like fucking cool like Dana White? Like Dana White, who's got like $500 million bank, will show up to a press conference in a fucking navy blue t-shirt and jeans. And Floyd Mayweather actually talked about this. When when her, and when him and Connor were going to fight and they were, you know, they were doing the, they were doing the, uh, the press conferences or whatever, and Connor showed up in the nice suit and the tie and the the shoes and all that stuff. And kudos to him; he's a great Connor's a great dresser. I would never dress that way, but it it, it fits his style beautiful. And Mayweather, you know, Mayweather's in like a jumpsuit with a fucking money team hat, and Dana White's there in a fucking you know like you know, you know Zufa boxing t shirt and jeans, and Mayweather's like, "Yo, man, look at us." We don't even dress nice, and we the richest motherfuckers in this building. And he was right. They were the richest motherfuckers in that building. But then you got Leonard Ellerby. He could dress, too. Leonard Ellerby. Dude, there's something about fucking Leonard Ellerby. I, I, I know I'm getting off the rails here, but Leonard Ellerby, you just all this stuff, guys are shit-talking. Leonard Ellerby is the guy, you know, gla- sunglasses, sport coat. Smiling all the way to the fucking bank. He's like the shark in the back. <laughs> but oh, get, get, dude, is there anything cool about Tony? Let's be honest. Tony Khan is the fucking nerd in your class that just so happens to have a daddy who made a billion 
fucking multi-billion dollars. Let's be real. And what he is for AEW, other than the owner and the booker of the year, apparently, is the guy who had every goddamn action figure. I called dolls. White House calls them action figures. We could agree to disagree. But he was playing with his dolls or action figures in his play ring and booking, con booking his whole life. And now he has real life action figures or dolls. Taya Conti, hey girl, how you doing? Yeah, buddy. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, pal. Um, <laughs> anyway, you know, it needs. It's almost like he's playing with his real life dolls. That's the, that's like the sense that I get. And the and this wrestling media, quote unquote. Hi, Tony. How great show. <laughs> you, oh, God. I'm gonna say something that's not nice. So I'm just gonna skip my comments there so anyway so <laughs> now that i went off on a tangent anybody who's listened to cool down at ac for a long time knows that these tangents just happen they come out of nowhere that's why i said the show might have been 40 minutes it might have been a half an hour now it's going to be an hour because these things just come out of my mouth and it's what we talk about we get on the side of fucking dana white and and floyd mayweather <laughs> anyway um then we get a segment here um oh do you know there was large chance many times. I don't know why my mic keeps doing that. I apologize. Many times of the cowboy shit, cowboy shit, cowboy shit for um, Hangman. And I will say I would have loved the lone cowboy gimmick better. But given, again, given, given the idea that they did do something new with this. And given the idea that the Dark Order was, excuse me, already involved. We can live with it. Um, then we get to Jericho in the back, uh, MJF and MJF tells him that next week he's going to be facing the chairman of AEW, Sean Spears in a singles match. Spears can use chairs, but Jericho can't. So this is the first of the five matches he has to win. I think it's, or four matches he has to win to. Um, get his final shot at MJF. So next week, you get Jericho, you get Spears. Jer- Spears can use chairs. Jericho can't. So, I mean, they're, again, they're doing something a little different here. Uh, and it's not super different because, you know, MJF did something like this with Cody before. It's kind of his shtick, which I'm okay with. Um, and again, uh, you know, actually not again, <laughs> I've said this, I, I've said this to a lot of friends and people I talked to about wrestling over the last few weeks. I like the idea that they're breaking off pinnacle and, um, and, uh, <laughs> inner circle. Thank you. Um, and these little, like, you know, one-on-one or three-on-three or two-on-two, you're kind of breaking into smaller feuds um, type things than going with the big matches. Like, they almost reverse booked it where they did the big matches first and now you're getting into the little stuff. But I kind of think the little stuff's going to be better than the big stuff. Although the big stuff was bad, I think it's just going to, I think it's going to play better a little bit. So we'll see how this all plays out. Um, I was really afraid that this match was going to be the main event and I was going to get on here and lose my shit. Uh, Kristen Cage and Matt Hardy. 
Um, I have not been into this program. Um, still not into it. It's nothing against each guy, but it just feels like you're supposed to be the the other option, the different option. You know, I'm not even going to say the sports centric because that was bullshit from day one and never fuck. It's Circus Delay. Yeah, Matt Jackson. Where's the Circus Delay? I mean, we're still waiting for the Circus Delay from China. I don't know when it's coming. Can we, can, can we get SEMA back? Like, where's SEMA? Is he, like, in a fucking Chinese concentration camp or something? Like, where is he? Uh, <laughs> I, I know COVID and everything, but you can't get SEMA back? They, I, I mean, I guess that. I mean, I guess he's stuck in China. You know, all kidding aside. Uh, but but I, the, only, the reason I say it is I like SEMA. I'd love to see SEMA back. Um, but he's not Circus Delay. He's just a good wrestler. Uh and his match with Omega was very good. So hopefully someday we get Seema back. Uh, I would hope. Um, anyway, uh, Matt Hardy, Christian Cage, everything you expect it to be. Uh, a couple too many kicking out on their finishers for me on this one. Um, and then, of course, uh, Christian Cage gets the win, and we got to get the run out. This, this is, you know, AEW runouts. I mean, it happens every match. Uh, literally every fucking match. So, so of course, you get the runout. Uh, you get Private Party and you get Angelico. Um, because, you know, Matt Hardy, I would say Matt Hardy manages half the tag teams in AEW. But since there's 40 of them, I'm going to say he manages 10% of them, just four. So he manages 10% of the 40 tag teams in AEW. And this is not even an exaggeration. It's true. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing. Another thing. The Varsity Blondes, they just got signed. What the, what the fuck? They weren't. They should have been signed. How was is Pillman not signed right away? Forget Griff Garrison for a second. When you got Brian Pillman Jr., how was he not signed right away? And, and the fact that he wasn't signed right away, where the hell was Impact Wrestling? Where was Ring of Honor? Where the hell was NXT? Why did you gobble him up and now Khan signed him too? You can't do something with Brian Pillman Jr. in any wrestling company in the world. You all can. Especially in WWE. Especially, you know what? He could have he could have lit up the fucking X division in Impact Wrestling. Although I really like the Varsity Blondes, and I'm happy for them that they're signed. But they're, they're signed into a division with forty fucking tag teams. They have forty. Ta- this is what drives me crazy about their tag division. And Vince did this all the time too. So it's the same fucking thing. You have forty fucking tag teams, and what are we gonna do? We have we have a real tag team in the Young Bucks as the champion. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna decide that Eddie Kingston gets two fucking title shots with two different fucking partners in six weeks. Why? Use your tag teams. Oh, and another thing I forgot to bring up, it happened earlier in the show, I should bring this up. Andrade El Idolo does cuts a promo. And he was speaking English. He had another Spanish guy behind him who I've never seen. Vicky Guerrero was not with him. He's talking. And here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Listen, A.W. Khan. The dork. <laughs> Tony Khan. Uh, great show, Tony. <laughs> He's going to fire the closed caption guy now and not pay him because, you know, this was almost as bad as the explosion. <laughs> First of all, 
Andrade speaks broken English. We could tell, right? But every word he said, I could understand. And they decided to put the words on the screen. Only the words came up before he fucking said them. So he wrote down what he was going to say. Or they wrote down for him what he was going to say. And they put the words on the screen before he actually said them. Call it a nitpick. Call it a nitpick. But multiple people I talked to had a problem with it. I mean, I, what the fuck is that? Let the guy talk. Or time it right. They're probably just glad the microphone fucking worked for a change. Yeah, I said it. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Um, as far as the cage and Hardy go, uh, after Angelico and after I got off on another tangent, after Angelico and Private Party come out, we get a run out, uh, of course, um, Jungle Boy and, and Luchasaurus and the pop for Jungle Boy. He was so far more over than anybody that came out during that match. I'm like, why, why, why isn't Jungle Boy wrestling on this show? <laughs> People want it. Oh, they want to fucking see Jungle Boy. I want to see Jungle Boy. You want to see Jungle Boy. Give us Jungle Boy. Why is Jungle Boy Krista Cage's bitch? That's what he is. Every time Jungle Boy goes to cut a promo, Krista Cage comes out. He, Krista Cage is saving him. He's saving Krista Cage. In addition to the fact he's still in the fucking shitty three-man team with the biggest midget in the history of pro wrestling that he's still going to have to see Marco stunt. Come on, do better. All right, anyway. Christian Cage won. Moxley <laughs> um, cuts a promo uh, on Lance Archer. Moxley says uh, he's not the hunted, he's the hunter. Um, and you know, he's gonna, uh, kill or take out Lance Archer next week. Texas dead, whatever the fuck he said. So I guess we're getting Moxley and Lance Archer next week. Is this for the IWGP bullshit title too? And maybe who knows? Uh, anyway, here we go again. One of the most over guys of the night. I get it. Hometown, Texas, Austin, Sammy Guevara. Uh, obviously, Inner Circle's baby now, so and it wouldn't have mattered. He would have got a huge fucking ovation there anyway, which he did. But through the whole show, <laughs> and I probably should have checked the the uh, the card. It, they kept showing Sammy Guevara versus somebody, and 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 you have Orange Cassidy and Chucky e. T in the background, and I'm like, what the fuck? Now maybe there's something that I missed. Maybe it's COVID brain again, or maybe I don't watch dark evolution or dark so maybe there's something that happened that i'm missing but i'm like is that fucking supposed to be trent beretta or trent trent you know with the question mark you know you know justin roberts says trent like like it's a question oh that's so creative anyway (laughs) i like trent i think trent hat could be a huge asset the AEW. they don't use him right whatever long story short i'm like who the fuck is sammy wrestling and why is Orange Cassidy and Chucky e. T a part of this scenario? Whatever. So he's wrestling Wheeler Yuta. Now, 
I never heard of Wheeler Yuta. Nothing against Wheeler Yuta, but I'm just going to say it again. You have 90 fucking people on this. 900 people on this fucking roster. You have tag teams. You have trios teams. You have fucking, you have factions of people left and right. You know, uh, you know how many different guys have who could you have brought in? Guy, not even brought in guys that are your guys that you could get over in a spot here. Even just being in a match that everybody in the arena is invested in, plus a guy that might even have a bigger name that you can use to get Sammy over even bigger, coming off a loss uh, to MJF. You know, we, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'm going to give you a guy, Max Caster. Now, I'm a big Max Caster fan, so you're going to say, obviously, you're going to say Max Caster. But hear me out for a second. Max Caster. Fans love him. Should be on TV more. He's not. He cuts his raps and everything else. Sammy comes out. Huge pop by the fans. The acclaimed music hits. Max Caster comes out and, and shits on Sammy for losing to MJF. Gets booed out of the fucking arena. They fight. Sammy wins. How how is that not better? It's better. I mean, I'm right. You know I'm right. You listening right now, you know that's better than Wheeler Yuta. Nothing again. I should I, I shouldn't knock. I'm sorry. I shouldn't knock. I have no reason to knock the guy. I'm just saying it's <laughs> Wheeler Yuta. I, we probably won't see him again, or maybe we will in the next you know battle royale. But Sammy wins. I'm glad he won. He was super over. He had a great match. He was you get to, Sammy was on it. You could tell right from the beginning of that match though, Sammy was on his game. Like he really was. He was playing to the crowd. Um everything was crisp. You know, uh Sammy is taking it to another level. And I'm happy. I like Sammy Guevara a lot. I he's taking it to a level, another level. Let's get him to that level. Let's have him wrestle guys that are going to give him to that level. Let's not have him lose to everybody that could give him to that level, like Matt Hardy, who should have got him over a long fucking time ago. But he could put over Christian Cage, who's a thousand years old. <sighs> anyway. Um, you know what's funny? <laughs> In my notes here. And even on the uh, breakdown that I'm looking at. Um, oh, no, no, no. Here it is. On my notes, I skipped it. Thank God I have this breakdown in front of me. Penelope Ford versus Yuka Sakazaki. <sighs> I like Penelope Ford. Um, she's not the greatest wrestler, but I like her. She's super fucking hot. Yeah, oh, yeah pal. Super sexy. Oh, yeah. Penelope. Anyway, Yuka Sakazaki. I don't want to knock her. <laughs> She's 90 pounds. <sighs> we got Rio. <laughs> Where's Sheeta? Where the fuck is Sheeta? <sighs> All right. All right. Yuka Sakazaki and Penelope Ford. Yuka Sakazaki won. There you go. I'm not talking anymore about it. Now we get on to the main event. Um, and I got to say, before <laughs> I was talking to my buddy, uh, Jim McDermott, Jigsaw Jiggy, shout out Jigsaw. 
uh, we're talking about, you know, the show and different things that could happen. And we actually brought up the fact that there'd probably be a run out in like every match, which there was. And I, and we, I was like, I hope the coffin match closes and I hope they just let Darby and ego have a one-on-one and keep Scorpio and sting out of it. And it was literally, literally 90 seconds into the match and Scorpio's jumping out of the coffin and beating up Darby, and here comes Thing. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. All I wanted was a goddamn singles match, and 90 fucking seconds into this fucking match, here comes Sting, and here comes Scorpio Sky, like we knew it was going to happen. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my tune a little bit. Although I don't think they needed to do it, I knew they were going to do it. And I actually like the fact that they did it early rather than late, having watched the match. They they did it. They the cheap sting pop. They had to get it. I get it. I don't. I didn't want it, but I get it. Why you got to do it? But they did it early, and they got it out of the way. I actually thought <laughs> that at some point ego was going to be laying in the in the coffin. Darby was going to do a coffin drop mix. And then Ego was going to close him and Darby was going to lose. I don't know why I had this feeling Darby was going to lose, but I did. <laughs> um, you know, they're unhooking the, the a couple spots in this match. When Darby took the, um, it wasn't the ring rope. It was the clamp for the ring rope, the hook. that. So the hook, you have the, the metal pole. And they have, you know, they have like the little circular thing on there. And the hook goes in there. And when it, and then you tighten the ring ropes and it tightens everything up. So he took that hook and he put it in Eagle's mouth and he was like dragging him with the hook. I was like, that's pretty sick. I don't know that I've seen that before. My guess is if you've been to CZW or it probably happened in in in, um, in ECW at some point or you know any of these deathmatch places. I'm sh- I'm sure it's not the first time it happened. I just can't recall seeing it before. So I thought that was pretty cool. The spot. The uh, the power bomb where Eagle power bomb Darby off the top rope onto the steps. First of all, holy fucking shit. Second of all, Darby, you're young, dude. It's cool. You're getting. Th- I, I get what you're doing. You're entertaining. You're doing the craziest shit. Uh, but you just worry about this guy. Like that's one thing I gotta say. Like. I mean, I'm the first person to call wrestling fake. Not because of that, though. Not because of that. And not every guy does that either. Especially guys that are small as Darby. And I get that's why Darby, he's so fucking over, too. He's he's one probably 1A to Hangman overall. I know Sammy and, and Stark's got huge pops tonight, too. So kudos to both of them. Um... There's one more thing I missed, but I'm going to wait till I do this match first before I bring it up because I have to bring it up. But anyway, uh, just an insane spot. And they just worry that two years from now, you're not going to have Derby anymore. You know, this is a guy that got knocked out fucking cold WrestleMania weekend a couple years ago. Had a major concussion, was out for a long time. He missed shows because of it. Um, you know, he's getting thrown down concrete stairs. And, dude. The guy, you got to give him credit. It's just you worry about him. But here's the other thing I'll say. If you're going to take that bump 
in that spot and have it look like that. Can we at least sell it for two fucking minutes? I mean, he's like back at it 30 seconds later. So you want me to believe that wrestling's real? And I watched a man who's double the size of his opponent up on the top of a ropes, powerbomb him onto steel steps, and 30 seconds fucking later, he's back up fighting. And you want me to believe that's real? When? In what world? Do you watch the UFC? Have you seen guys get kneed on the ground? Kenny Omega does a thousand V-triggers. And guys kick out all the time. Have you seen a man? This, These are people on the ground. And this isn't a legal move. And I've seen it happen. I've seen fights stopped because of it. A guy with who was a downed opponent get kneed from a guy who's standing over him and just hits him with a knee. Doesn't run from across the ring to do it. Hits him with a knee. He's out. Cannot fight anymore. The match is over. Disqualification. He's the winner. The match is over. Knocked out cold into next week. Don't even know where the fuck they are. And we watch Kenny Omega run across that ring and knee people in the head 17 times in the same fucking match. And you want me to believe it's real. It's not fake. Look, he has a bruise on his back from the chair shot. The fuck out of here. Come on. Come on. Do, do yourself a favor. Respend your belief, please. And just enjoy what you're watching because it's entertainment. Can we just do that? Can we just do that, please? Instead of this nonsense that this is real. He got power bombed off the top rope through a steel fucking ring steps. And he was wrestling 30 seconds later. And the guy weighs 120 pounds. Give me a break. Sell it. At least sell it. Is that a lot to ask? I like Darby, but come on. And then, and then, and then for good, for good measure, he's he's jumping off the top rope with his skateboard onto a guy's back. Not even a minute later. I mean, it's it's real. I mean, you you got you got me. You got me. It's not fake. <laughs> Give me a fucking break already. <laughs> the guy got skateboard back. He's in and he, perfect fall right into the coffin. <laughs> Close the top. Darby wins. And what does Darby do? Position the coffin. And after he wins the match, does a coffin drop through the top of the fucking coffin. Because he's a fucking Darby. He's nuts. You got to give him credit. I get it. <laughs> but it, but don't give me this, oh, it's real crap. Fuck out of here. If, if you think wrestling's real, rewatch that match and do yourself a favor and just resuspend your belief because you need to. I'm not trying to be a hater, but come on. We all know what it is. We use it for entertainment. We enjoy it. I appreciate the athleticism. I appreciate what these guys are putting their bodies through. That's why I worry about Darby. I know, I know, you know, it, listen, look at these. There's, there's a fucking videos on YouTube of AEW bloopers. I'm surprised nobody's died yet. That part you worry about. But it's entertainment. And they're not real strikes. Sorry.
So the one thing I haven't got to that I missed earlier in the show, Britt Baker caught a fire fucking promo. The best promo she's cut yet. Uh, she's she's in fuego right now. She she's spo- she was supposed to be a heel, and the, the people just started, you know, DMD, the whole thing. Um, I still, to this day, when she fought that hardcore match with um, what's-her-face from NWA, I can't think of it off the top of my head, Thunder Rosa, uh, I wish she won that match. She should have fucking won that match. She's AEW, not Thunder Rosa. She should have won that match. And that match is kind of like her, although we get, again, it's real, uh, although we get, uh, you know, that's like her, everything she's 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 pulling from for her character, you know, the, the chair shots, the table shots, the thumbtacks and everything else. Think about as she won that match. Now, uh, Nyla Rose is a good first challenger for her. If she loses the Nyla Rose, I'm gonna lose my fucking shit next week. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my shit. I'm gonna be out of town. I'm gonna be in Tennessee, uh, so I won't be doing a show next week. Uh, but I'll lose my shit somehow, some way. Maybe I will. Maybe maybe I'll pay Edwards to do a show and I'll fucking call in so I can lose my shit on the air if she loses the Nyla Rose because they need to go far with this. And she's getting better and better. She's ascending. They, they put a ton of work into her. She did a ton of work herself. Um, she's overcome some shit fucking booking for her. You know, the, uh, the witch call it, the um, cinematic match with, uh, with Big Swole losing that and having it be a terrible match. Not her fault. Uh the tournament lost to Nyla Rose, which actually kind of helps now because Nyla Rose is the one who beat her, so blah, blah, blah. We could live with it. But she won all those matches. She cut all those promos. Some of them were too long and weren't great. She kind of found her style and got a little bit better when she got into this DMD stuff and got into this, I'm cocky, but I'm the star. I'm the face of the company, and everybody loves it. She really came into her own. And I thought her promo was fire tonight. So if you didn't if you didn't watch the show yet, go watch her promo. Please do yourself a favor. It's very good. She hit all her points. She she wasn't searching for the words. She wasn't rambling on. It was just really good. Tony introduces her. She cuts a fire promo. They get out of there. I will say this: the Vicky Guerrero stuff after it was fucking terrible. But whatever. Britt Baker, A-plus, fire promo. So there you have it. It's Firefest week one, or number one, or whatever you want to call it. Good show. Entertaining show. Um, always things left to be desired, but you'd expect that. Uh, I, I, You know what? It, not, a lot, not a lot to really complain about, though. Like I really thought they gave you an entertaining show tonight. There's, they've put on much worse TV in the last couple months. So I'll give them credit for that. Um, and going in, I didn't think the card was that great, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought the show played out better than it did. And honestly, early on, when I saw what happened with Starks and everything, I was like, wow, they're going to shoot their wad early again because they have a tendency to do that on Dynamite. But they really didn't tonight. Um, although the one thing is, 
like putting in the token women's match at 9:30 every fucking week. Can can we like do something else with it? Do we have to do it at night? Like it's like Tony Khan's like we're going to put in the token women's match every week at 9:30. And they just do it. Like <laughs> every single week. You know what? I'll tell you this right now. If Britt Baker's the fucking main event next week, fucking kudos to her. And I wouldn't put it I would not th- I would not put it past them to do it, and I think maybe they should. Because although Sheeta did a really good job on the pay-per-views, the week-to-week women's stuff was not great for a long time. And maybe, just maybe, you're really on to something here with Britt Baker, and maybe putting her in a main event on a big show like that will really elevate her. Now, what you do with her coming out of that is a total different story. But maybe that's the main event next week. Or can it not be 9.30 for 10 minutes? Please. Make it bigger than that. Or you know what? Put it at ni- If you're not going to put it at, at, at 9.40, put it at 10 o- or 9 o'clock. Put it to start the second hour. Give it that 15 to 18 minute spot they usually have. Do that for Brit. I think she deserves it. I really do. But anyway, it was good to get back on the air with you guys. I'm going to wrap it up here. I went uh, a little bit longer than I thought, but uh, we talked about the whole show. We did some pro wrestling. We uh, knocked off the podcasting rust a little bit. And uh, I am on vacation next week. First vacation in five years. Uh You know, I may or may not be looking at some property in Tennessee. Who knows? Could happen. We'll see. But anyway, um, I'll get back to you guys. uh, I'll get back to you guys soon. uh, Hopefully with. Edwards and White House or with White House or with Edwards or all three of us or however it all pans out. We'll try to get back to uh, at least doing something for you guys. If not, I'll I'll just ramble on and do it myself and I'll scream about fake wrestling and, you know, Dana White and all this other stuff that always comes to mind as I'm doing shows. But thanks for listening. Retromania Wrestling Podcast Network. Cool Truth Podcast Productions. I'm Daddy Cool AC. See ya.